All right, Mikhail, first things first. Congratulations are in order. Your Jersey retirement. Thank you. Big thank congrats. You. Huge, huge moment. Um, first off, how did that feel? Just being there and soaking that in for you. It was dope. Um, I'm kind of like not the biggest person with like putting a big spotlight on myself. And I didn't know how I'll feel like days before because I'm so like in, like just in the moment type of guy. But when I got there, it was just like, it was ridiculous. Just like the love from the fans and had a little video from like all my past teammates and friends. And I was just like, this is really dope. Seeing my family. Yeah. Like, I, I love that my family was more excited than I was. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. I think I came and did my job every single day and worked hard and played hard. So uh, it was really dope and a great experience. The thing that stuck out to me from that is when you said that you never thought that day would come. Yeah. Because if you weren't thinking about that, right, what kind of player did you think that you were going to be at Villanova? And then at what point did you start thinking, maybe that day will come <laughs> my jersey does get retired? Yeah. Um, it's crazy because coming out of high school, wasn't the craziest, like, big, re like, recruit. But um, I just wanted to play. Like, when I got to college, it's like, all right, you play at the highest level in high school. Like, I play AAU was probably the – EYBL is probably the highest for me against like, you know, I, every team I play is everybody's in the league now. So I got to college. I'm like, okay, I just want to play college basketball. I want to like be in that atmosphere. And I registered in my first year. So now I'm like, all I'm thinking about is just, I want to be out there the next year. Mm -hmm. And I came out the next year and just try to get better every day. And probably winning, probably my after my senior year, kind of was a thought, but like, my, now my mind's on the NBA, so like I'm yeah. not thinking like oh, I'm gonna get my jersey retired, and but I think when Jalen, when Jalen got his retired, I was like okay, like I'm I'm just kind of feeling a vibe, but like you know Jalen's like you know player of the year, yeah. so I'm not really tripping. I'm like <laughs> he's man, Jaylen. he's Jalen Brunson, like what the hell? Like I'm not tripping that much. Yeah. So they brought the idea up and told me they were gonna do it, and I was just like I was like that's dope. I appreciate it. Yeah. But it's just great because playing on great teams, you know, you get to you know, the ability to have such a beautiful thing like that. Yeah. Okay, well, I asked uh, two people coming into this things I should ask you. One of them was Josh Hart. He said, please just, you know, say, how was Josh busting his ass so much in college? So that is the question from, from Josh. <laughs> I was told verbatim. Never tell you that Josh was a bully in college? Oh, please, oh, tell yeah. me. Oh, let's tell the story. <laughs> um, I was a freshman, young freshman, 18, and we was in practice and we have like this side out of balance play that we run every single time. So obviously on defense, like I know to play. Mm -hmm. So he calls me a hack, but like, yeah, I think he was upset because I was like packing him up, you yeah. know, in practice. He's cooking him a little bit. Just on defense, on defense, on defense. Yeah. <laughs> and I got aggressive with him and he's about to go over the screen. I just like got up on him and he just, Josh is wild and he just like, picked me up like right when I went and just threw me like just threw me like just <laughs> threw me I'm everybody's like everybody knows job Josh, Josh like yo I was so mad like I didn't look at him I didn't talk to him I was just like off him right yeah and me and Josh weren't really the closest when I first got there and I I think maybe just because like young guy coming in and you know he's probably trying to assert that dominance like you like well, I'm not going to take your spot I'm just here to you know yeah and we weren't even that close then and I think for after that moment, I remember I I wasn't talking. Like I came to practice, like 
I probably didn't talk for like a day. Like I was just like off everybody. I'm right. Like, I'm just mad. Like I'm just mad. Yeah, like he tried it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. mad. And I remember I went home and Josh like texted me out of nowhere. It's like, you good? <laughs> like, <laughs> no. But I was like, yeah. And then like actually ever ever since then, like we got super close and like like best friends now. So yeah. that was hilarious. Like, I was like so mad at his ass. He's a bully. He was like, what are you bullying me for? What do I do? I just came in just trying to play hard, man. I just have to say that is such like a man apology. Just <laughs> yeah. you yeah. good. Yeah, you good. I'm like, <laughs> no. Didn't talk about what happened. Just like <laughs> Just checking in on <laughs> making sure you're okay. But ever since then, y'all are good. Yeah, for sure. I like, love that story. Okay, well, then the other person I asked was Donovan Mitchell. And okay. he said that I should actually force you to pick your favorite uh, Villanova NBA teammate. So who in the league... Of course Donovan would say that. Is, he said, who in the league that went to Villanova was your favorite teammate? I will only. I'll have. I'll have to say. I'll have to say Jalen because. I have to say Jalen because. He was our point guard and he pretty much gave me a lot of my looks and got me kind of like you know got me average eighteen points so got me to the league so uh, you know shout out to the little point guard little. Well, Domian over there. <laughs> I love that. Heard it here first. So Jalen Brunson gets the nod uh, for your favorite. I really enjoyed, honestly, reading so many things about just your journey at Villanova and everything that you went through there because there are a lot of parallels between that and who you have been yeah. in the league. How your situations have changed going from a guy to being the guy mm -hmm. and also just your steady improvement. So I do want to start there because one of your obviously biggest situation changes was when you were traded. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you say before that you were traded at the right time. Yeah. When you say that, what do you mean? Um, I think just how my game was and probably the confidence in myself. Um, like I tell everybody, just the situation when I was in Phoenix, it was probably going on for maybe how long maybe like a month maybe three weeks but everybody was pretty much out like the whole starting lineup and bench players so it was real low out there and I had to like step up in that moment to try to win games and be out there and be in that position for a while kind of just really helped me grow as a player and I was feeling real confident got a couple of big wins and so towards the end I was feeling really good and everybody started to come back. So it was kind of like that mindset, like, okay, like there's only one thing is like win the championship. And now I'm feeling good. It was kind of like that added piece. Cause in Phoenix at the moment, everybody was saying when the playoffs come, it always came down to like having a third guy. Mm -hmm. And it always like me, Cam, will always get kind of like bashed a little bit because it's just like, we play off ball and it's like, well, these guys need to make plays in the playoffs, right. you know, cause they're going to take away book, take away CP. So I was feeling all good. Like, all right, like I feel confident. Like, you know, I'm ready. You know, we still got a whole half of the season left. Like, I'm going to keep building. Mm -hmm. So then when I got traded, like my mindset, I was just like already locked in. And now like going on a team where like I'll have like more opportunity to score and play make. I was already locked in and so excited for the moment. Even though I was sagging, traded, mm -hmm. but I know it's part of the business. But I was also really excited. Just like, you know, okay, like let me... Get a little bit more shots. Let me be yeah. a little bit, you know, a little bit more uh, with the ball in my hands. And it was definitely the perfect time. Because you were already in some ways anticipating that growth. You were already sure. getting ready for it. Because I've also heard you say that 
this moment was going to show you what you were made of. Yeah. Did you ever doubt that you could be the guy? Or did you always feel like you kind of were supposed to be? Um, I don't know. I never really looked at it like that. I'm mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know. I'm just, more, I'm just more locked in on what my role is at the time and just getting better. Like, personally, I just know every year, like, because if I still in Phoenix, wherever, I just know every year. Personally, I just know I'm going to get better. Like, mm -hmm. I just know. Like, it doesn't have to be right in the beginning where, like, I start going crazy. It just it takes some seasons sometimes where, like, I might take 10 games, 20 games, 30 games. I just, like, will just start getting better and better. But that's just what my mindset was to get better. I never really thought about, like, being a main guy, this and that. I just always knew I could be a, a main piece on a championship team. That's, mm -hmm. like, something to me. But, no, I never really thought of it like that. I just... Just know it's gonna get better, and I know the label three and D was like a thing, and mm -hmm. I was coming out. And thing is, I don't care about labels because it's like they're not they're not me. You're not like see me working. You're not see what I do every day. So like labels just whatever somebody's gonna say, but they don't really know who I am and how I am as a worker. But I just knew that label wasn't gonna be there for life. Like I knew yeah. that personally. Like like what is that? Like you know like I know I'm gonna get better every year. So. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like limit myself just to be a guy just catch you and play defense. See, I really like that you said that because the league has a funny way of telling guys who they are, of mm -hmm. telling guys who they're supposed to be when it really should be the other way around. Yeah. How have you realized that you are always more than just the box that they put you in? Like yeah. nobody can tell you who you're going to be in this league except for yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how I was raised and the mindset I have, like, just I think college really helped. Actually, even high school, just each year in high school, just getting better to where like I was a guy coming off the bench. And then in that same year, I think it was my sophomore year in high school, I started off coming bench and it took a couple of games where like coach was like, okay, now I need you to start. And I started getting better each day. And then junior year, play, play. And then like mid-season, my coach met with us like, okay, I think Mikel should be a captain with some of you senior guys and everybody was with it. It's just like throughout, I just knew mm -hmm. each year I'm going to keep going up and same mm -hmm. thing with college. So mm -hmm. I kind of just, I'm like, why would I stop now? You know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm saying with the three and D is like, you're telling a 20, well, I was 20, I was 21 when I got drafted. So you're telling like a 21 year old, like he's not going to get better. I'm just like, yeah, how am I not going to get better? Like, <laughs> Now it's just straight basketball, you know? It's not like school. It's not like I got to go school every day. Like, now I have, like, unlimited time to work on my game. So mm -hmm. it's it's, it's, it's kind of goofy. But I get it sometimes with just yeah. situations. And, you know, I'll never be the guy I like to I always play my role and know how I am my role. But I always just try to progress a little bit each time. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I also hope you realize how much of a testament that is to your mentality because – it does become easy to become the projections that people put onto you. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, it is like a, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you hear it so much, you mm -hmm. do start to think that it's true, but there yeah. had to be something about you that said, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I know that I am more than this. So yeah. I think it's really great that you were able to recognize that. And we're seeing you reap the benefits of, yeah. of that mentality as well. So obviously when you were, uh, when you were in Phoenix, you were known as one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And then with you being here, you are becoming one of the best two way players in the league. So as somebody who is elite on both ends of the floor, what's harder 
being the guy that has to defend the other team's best guy night in and night out yep. or being the guy that's carrying the offense? What's more difficult? Um, I'll, pro I'll probably say offense for sure. For sure. Especially just... Just I'm just like defense is like second na like second nature to me, you know what I'm saying? Like that's just like like that DNA. Like I just was always that defender, and I could always just know things like that. But offense is just like making a right play, and it's sometimes not making a right play, but knowing like I could make this play, but also trusting yourself as well, like. I feel like personally, like, yeah, I'll give the good looks, but also there's times where like, okay, I work on my game and there might be some here, but also like I trust myself, I trust my work on other other spots on a on a court. Like, you know, I might have here, but like also have this shot. Yeah. And like nine, nine out of 10 times, like I work on shot every day and like nine out of 10 times it should go in. And that one time it goes in, I'm mad as hell didn't go in. So it's like, <laughs> why the hell didn't it go in? So I'll probably say offense just because they could probably key on you a little bit more. I think defense... When you got it going, you you go on a guy. I think the the worst thing that happened to you is just they just get you off the ball. Like that's yeah. just like kind of what it is. You guard really well. There's like all right, just throw three screens at this dude and get his help, get his ass off this guy. Put him on a weak side or something. And it always frustrated me. Like that's always the thing. <laughs> just like when you know you guard somebody, they just get you right off. Now you just like just you just gotta be able to be okay with it. And stuff like that. So I was probably say offense. Offense? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're probably probably realizing it definitely now, but the best defenders in the league never get the same respect as like the best shooters in the league. For or sure. The best scorers in the league. For sure. How are you seeing that shift just around you as being this guy now? Yeah. Uh yeah, for sure. I think And it's sad. Yeah, I know, it right? Because I love my I love my defenders, man. Yeah. I, I love them. And it's just because I mean a lot of people watch the game, like it's just they see the points and the highlights is always the scoring highlights and stuff like that. But I mean, I know there's guys out there like Herb Jones, for example, like I haven't watched too many Pelican games, but the ones I do watch, like it's if you just watch him, mm -hmm. it's ridiculous what he does. Like it's like really ridiculous, like what he does off ball, on ball, like it's like he's like that anchor. And I kind of felt that that when I was in Phoenix, where I was just everywhere. Like you just sit there and just watch a tape. It's like if you're a coach and like you're a player, like you want him on your team. And that's how I felt about myself in Phoenix, like especially defensively, like, oh, like he's hitting this rotation, like he barely fouls. He's he's like showing solid defense, being smart, like knowing personnel and everything like that. But you're just not gonna get that love. But the thing is. People who go and know it is your teammates and your coaches. Yep. Like they, 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 they know more than anybody. Like they, they know every day. Like I know Willie Green over there is very appreciative to have Herb Jones on his team. Absolutely, watching film He's is a game like, changer. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, I know I feel bad. I feel bad for my guys. Because right? you know it really is so interesting. Draymond and I actually talk about this a lot. That like, if you were going to be that guy on the team, that means if there is a defensive situation, you have to be on that court. The same way there's an offensive situation, you say, Steph has to be there. Yeah. You have to feel that way about the guys that play defense too, but people just don't talk about defense the same way they talk about offense. So how do you feel like defense should be discussed? Yeah, like, like I honestly think there should be another team 
like defensive team, like all team, I think there should be a third team. I think there's only two because mm -hmm. there's a lot of really good defenders in the league. So that's like, that's already kind of showing it right there. Like we got three all NBA for offense, basically pretty much offensively. Yeah. You know, some will get first team maybe because they guard, but like there's guys in there that don't play defense at all. That's first team. So you defense really don't matter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm like, it already shows that there's three teams and, Grateful, like, there's a lot of the reason why there's three because there's a lot of good players, you know what I'm saying? Like, guys that don't make the teams are just like, you're like, like, damn, he got snubbed. And you say, you're gonna say that for every year in the league that somebody's gonna get snubbed. There's just, mm -hmm. just not enough spots. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the same defense. Like, there's a lot of really good defenders where I think there should be a third team because, like, it makes it feel even worse when a person gets snubbed because it's like, what? It's two guard spots. Yep. Well, it should also just not generally all awards should be no positions. They, okay, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm with you on that. I heard you say that defense is second nature to you. Yeah. I think there's few guys uh in the NBA that maybe think that mm -hmm. about defense because that is not something that we are always seeing. Yeah. Why do you think it's that way? The defense is not what people hang their hat on. I think just knowing I always played I played when I was a kid, I always loved getting steals. I was uh, I was funny because I used to kids couldn't really dribble with their left hands. Mm -hmm. I used to jump on, I used to jump on the right shoulder and like press up, like full court, like young, probably like elementary school, like second grade or something. And I'll jump up on the right shoulder, and when they like cross it over to the left, I'll just pickpocket and get a layup. You know, I'm like, that's, it's they... like free points. You know, so I'm mm -hmm. just like, I think that's just me being smart. I'm just like, okay, make them throw it over. I'm just gonna pickpocket and just go get a layup. Like, I just want to, I want to get some points. But I think in college, knowing like when I, when I was first playing, like the, in order to play, to be out there, you have to play defense. So it's like, that's my first year playing after I registered. I was like, all right, if I want to get minutes, it ain't going to be because of scoring. Like I know that all the players we had on that team that my first year playing, like ain't going to be scoring. It's going to have to be defense. Mm -hmm. So having that mindset, knowing like coaches can't, take you out of the game like you you you'll be able to stay on there on a court longer if you play in defense and that's how it was my fresher freshman year when I my first year playing was like my minutes started to increasingly go up because then coach is just like I cannot not have him out there like I just like I have to have him there so my minutes started to go up like even the national championship like I came I was the beginning of the year I was the eighth man on my fresher freshman year the first championship we won and like by the championship like I'm finishing like I was on the court when Marcus Page hit that crazy ass shot like I'm Sorry. I'm on the court for office defense <laughs> like I'm out there yeah. you know so I think just knowing that like in order to be on the court I gotta play defense so it's just it's always with me yeah and so much of defense is just effort which yeah. I also feel like it's discounted too like it's just going out there and going hard like yeah. I respect when you are a good defender because it it takes a different level of like tenacity like yeah. I'm obviously not a basketball player but I would think being a great defender is much harder than being a great scorer because of what you have to do every single time yeah you touch the floor for sure and you again are like a testament to that because you're able to hang your hat on that and it's why you were able to stay out there and why you're going to be out there for good yeah, now for sure. I was um I was reading something where you were talking about watching your film against guys like Paul George is a big reason of why you attribute these leaps that you've made and mm -hmm. what has made you good just 
watching how you played against people and getting better from watching that film. Yeah. So I want to name a few guys and I want you to tell me what you learned about yourself through guarding them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You can tell me what you learned about yourself or you learned about them and how it okay, helped you. Okay, cool. Let's do it. The one that I saw first was Paul George. So I'll start with PG. Cool. Um, with PG, just like, obviously how skilled he is. That's just like number one, you know? But just the body movement with the ball, like how he moves. And also, that's one guy like he... You got to guard him close because he can shoot. You can't go under because he's going to shoot the three. And like, so you got to be aggressive. But he's one of those guys where I learned like, you can't be too aggressive because then he's going to get the foul call. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I really learned like, all right, like I got to be solid. Like you can't really reach. You can't really like, you know, some guys get really aggressive. Like, uh, like some guys really like, like Dylan Brooks, for example, like, you know, but I think he's, he's kind of okay because that's like his, who he is, so the refs kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little, you know, it's a little, it's a little different sometimes. <laughs> so he could play a little bit more with his yeah. chest and be aggressive. But you know, sometimes guys like me, like refs, see me like bump a guy. I'm like, I don't even weigh that much. They, Whistle. Exactly. So <laughs> PG was one of those guys where I, you have to be super solid mm-hmm. and like make him make tough shots. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of took from that offensively, going a guy like that, knowing like. Okay, any slight mess up, any little hiccup I did on him defensively, is he, he's going like he knows when to get a foul. Like he just knows. So anytime I kind of put a hand out there, or whatever, it's a foul. Mm-hmm. So now it's like it just goes in my back of my head. How many times I guard him? It's like now I'm on offense and I'm coming. I'm I'm being aggressive. And once I kind of feel that contact, it's like I'm going to get fouled. You know. So mm-hmm. learning from guys like that from guarding. Yeah. And. So that's so I'll take that from him. I love I love that answer because PG so incorrectly gets like the the reputation PG has sh- is not the reputation PG should have because yeah. PG has no flaw in his yeah. game. <laughs> not at all. He does not have a flaw in his game and people have let all this other stuff cloud that fact. Yeah. I cannot imagine what it is like out there having to guard PG. So yes. I because do you agree? Like he, there's nothing wrong with how he plays basketball. No, Not one thing. He can shoot. <laughs> yeah. He can dribble. He can finish. He can jump. He can pass. He can play make. Like mm-hmm. play defense. I know you got a little older, so maybe <laughs> defense is going down a little bit. But like you know, this years ago, you know, body and stuff. Like he yeah. guards, so he just does everything out there. Okay. What about Luca? Oh God. So him. That's a. That he's more like a. Same thing, like fouling wise. Don't don't even dare. Don't even dare. He's don't too smart. Don't even. Don't even. Don't even. He's gonna. He's going. He's going. He's going. He's going. He's going to find that call. I think just pace, and it's it's it's. You can say it all you want. It's like teaching people, like you know, learning with pace. But some sometimes you have it or you don't, and like just his body, how he's built. Like he he can play that like some guys can't play that pace like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like he's strong and like wide so like he could hold you off like if you're small skinny and the guy, like you can't really do that too much because a guy could just get right back but just mm-hmm. how he plays and I think like the misdirection like just kind of like setting you up to like make a move real quick like he'll come back slow kind of relax and he's coming at you real fast like he's like 
because he's not slow. Like he's slow, like maybe like when he's moving, but he plays slow. His gears, like he got really good gears of like going fast, going slow to fast and back to slow to fast again. Mm -hmm. So like guarding that, it's like you got to you gotta be locked in at all times and try to make him make tough shots. But the same thing offensively with that, like you just, you can kind of learn with a like kind of pace with him as well. Yeah, like he's slow, but by choice. Exactly. Yes. Like he and he's and it's good for him because he could play slow mm -hmm. and like he's just setting you up and then he's gonna go fast. Then like soon as you take a step, he's just by step back. Like you know, like yep. it's crazy how much separation gets off a step back, how slow he's going. Because mm -hmm. he he'll go and then pop real quick and then he just separates. It's it's, it's ridiculous. I love it. Okay, two more. Okay. Uh well, come to the east, Jason Tatum. Tatum. Um like Honestly, I think as many great things that he does, like, I think what I take away from him is probably his finishing. Mm -hmm. I think he finishes really well. Like, he's crafty. Like, he, like, he, if you see some of his finishes he does, like, he's, he's real crafty. Like, sometimes, like, you might be able, personally, like, you play basketball your whole life and, you might have like an easy like layup. Like you might take a step a little too far mm -hmm. and go reach for a layup. He's kind of smart where like he'll make all these dribble moves and then get to the rim and then take like one more dribble where he's already kind of there. So it missed it makes the the timing for the guy that's getting back to go block or the weak side. Like he'll he'll move, 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 and then get there. So now you think he's about to take off because he's like he's six nine. Like you think he's about to just go lay the ball up or dunk it. He just like takes like kind of like one more dribble, Starts so he gives off. himself two more steps, and then he just like so <laughs> that. But I see you playing it in your head. You're exactly, like, yes. right, 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 exactly. <laughs> but I think for him, just just uh, even offensively, just his game, like setting things up, like setting a pick and roll up, like he, it's like he dribble dribbles and then counters. Like he's real good at counters too. Like he. You think he's about to come that way, then he might snatch back and then come back. Like, so I'll say it's finishing for sure, but guarding him, he's one of those guys just personally for me, like kind of with the PG and, and Luca too, you just gotta be like those guys you gotta be solid. Yeah. And you kind of gotta study. Like those are guys like you gotta study. Like if you just go out there just just naked and and not know what they're about to do, all the moves they got, you're gonna you're gonna bite on a couple of them. And it's over for you. So, and his in and out. I think his in and out game. His in and out is is nasty. So yeah, that's 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 what I take from it. I love this. I feel like I'm like in film study. Okay, right. so <laughs> for the final one, I'll let you pick out of these three. Maybe which one you feel like you learned the most from. Yeah. Um, Steph, LeBron, KD, pick one. Man, I'll probably I'll probably I'll probably go with Steph. Cause he's very he's very unique. Because it's like he's the only guy, one of the only guys, where you got he'll bring it up, and you got he come off all these screens, and you kind of low key feel that you're already locked in defensively. Okay, now I'm about to talk about something. You're so locked in defensively on the ball. No matter what, like just at all times, like you're guarding, you're guarding any superstar, especially Steph, like you're, you're locked in. Like he got the ball, you're like zoned in, you're locked in, like I'm here. You know some screens don't go, and if you don't screen, be ready for him to pat, pat, might go behind the back, step back. You got to be just ready for him to shoot at, at any time. It's just like that, just 
guard him off ball. It's because like you just guard even so many superstar guys, like them off ball is kind of like they relax. Like they're kind of they do all these moves and stuff. They play, they're kind of like, all right, I'll let the other guy go. So, so they're kind of if they're off ball, like they're they're really much a little bit chilling a little bit. But I think that makes them just so much more lethal is because you're used to just like, all right, like I just guarded this dude for 10, 12 seconds up on top of the key. He didn't get a shot off. Like, thank God, like he didn't make so he passed the ball, go away. The second you and you like look to see like what's happening on the other side of the court, you look back, he is gone. Like he is gone. And everybody on his team knows it. So it's like you turn and you lose him. You're starting to chase him and everybody's setting their angles where you can't go over. Or like if you go under, like they're flipping it. So they're they're just he's just nonstop. So yeah. he's the most unique with like you with it's easy to play on ball with him because like as a defender, like as anybody else, like it's it's easier to relax off ball than on ball, you know, because on ball you're right here. Like you see it. So you have to be engaged off ball. You can relax. So once you relax, he's gone. So yeah, that's what makes him so difficult. And and I think about Steph that I, I take away from him is like personally is he's big hockey assist guy which I appreciate about him, like how much coverage he gets with double team stuff. He just makes the right play. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sometimes he might get crazy because like he he plays, he plays fun. So like he might try some crazy shit sometimes, but that's just natural. Yeah. But majority of the time, like he hit the roller or hit the next guy and they'll make the play because he brings two to the ball. So take that from him, just like making a simple play. And I feel like even I think in the playoffs last year, I think my coaches and stuff and everybody was talking about like be prepared for maybe them blitzing and stuff like that. And I'm like looking at him like, okay, like that should be an advantage for us. Like yeah. I'm not going to be crazy to hold it and like get the hell out the way. Like, on a, no, like <laughs> I'll make the simple read and then it's four and three another end. So that's what I take away from him. But guarding that man, it's just like, it's, that's like a 24 Shot clock, totally. like you just got to be at all times, be be prepared because once you get off the ball, it makes him even more lethal. Something you said that's interesting is how, you know, he relaxes. I feel like that is so intentional by him. Yeah. Do, do you agree? Like he he understands that it might be taken as though he's chilling in that moment. And, it, and he's gone. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you just throw it and cut. Yeah. And he just his little, his little head wobble. His body just, language, just cut exactly. through like ah, like all right, like damn, they they got me, my, got me. Like I had the back cut layup. Like they play good defense, cool. And like you, you like deny it. Like at the rim, you like nobody threw it over. Then you like turn to go look because the ball is probably in the post. And you kind of like whew. Then you just like look at the post. See what's about to happen. <laughs> and you just look back to wherever he just came from. And from he's supposed to be in a corner. He's supposed to be. But then you like look and his ass is like kind of in the slot in the wing. You're like, how the hell? And then like the ball's like getting skipped. You're just, you're just praying don't go in because you know you yeah. you look over at the bench and the coach is just staring at you like, bro. I'm like, I'm just like totally. Like, damn, my fault. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can no nights off when you are when you are facing it. No. I mean, I'm sure you obviously take every single defensive assignment personally, but is there a defensive assignment you take like very, very personally? Um, who can I say this? I could take very personally. That's a good one. Is it? You talk about now or in the past? Give me both. 
in the past in the past I'll definitely probably say Luca for sure just cuz of the, just the just that just that little rivalry with the Phoenix and Dallas and it's I mean it ain't going to die book still there it's never going to die <laughs> book Luca it's never going to die so you're going to worry about that but being there and just just knowing that was like just Luca's like you know the head of the snake and and just controlling him you know help us win the game and I think like Couple games. I think my my first start in the in this my second year, my first year with Monty as the head coach. The first game, I cause I started off like a little struggling a little bit. Came mm-hmm. off the bench. I was struggling for a little bit, and it kind of came like mid season ish, where coach kind of met with us. We was in Dallas, and he was just like, I think like. We're gonna put Mikel in the starting lineup now, and it was kind of like, but it was kind of like a week, like now I'm not gonna say a week too late, but it was kind of already felt like that, like for about a week now, like I should be in a starting lineup. Like I've been in that groove, and like I come in and probably finish games. Like it's been at that moment, but that was a game where it's like, so Dallas is always that. So with Luca, so I'll probably say that, and now, now I'll probably say honestly, I'll probably say Jalen just now personally, just because <laughs> yeah. like I just the New York New York battle and like. Everybody think Jalen is Jalen is the greatest dude in the world, but he ain't the he ain't the way he is on the court being nice. I tell you that now. He's a little fiery, <laughs> little like low key shit talker. So, and I know him. So, I've been practiced with him, and he scored a couple of times, and him say some shit under his breath, and and I like not just to hide it either. Like he's saying under his breath, so I can hear it. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I, I hear he's like one of the bigger trash talkers. Which I think would maybe surprise people. Yeah, he's just he's just not really too vocal. Like he might, you could just you could if you're out there, you could just feel the energy of him. Like you could just feel him like like all right now. Like you just you just know sometimes yeah. you don't gotta like you don't gotta you don't gotta hear him sometimes. But you just know just how he moves and just with his pump fakes or some shit. He might score you. You might you just feel it off that you can feel that energy of him just like. You know, like, you know, you just off it like, yeah. all right, fuck it. Okay, bet. Say less. <laughs> we doing this? Like, exactly. I got you. <laughs> so definitely Jalen. Do you feel like you're the best perimeter defender in the league? Right. Like, be honest, to be like, I feel like I haven't been as best as I was at Phoenix, but like, that's just, it's tough. I mean, it's just like more stuff going on offense and also could help with schemes and stuff. But, no, honestly, even now, like I've been, I feel real good personally. Like last year, I feel like it was a little drop, like a big drop, honestly. But now I feel good. But I'll definitely say I'm one of the best for sure. Mm. But I don't, uh, for because I can't say the best just basically just off what other guys do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's like see if I was still kind of maybe my Phoenix role and not being too much with the ball, then yeah, for sure. But they kind of had it a little bit more offensively, kind of. Just takes it away a little bit, and I could just feel it sometimes. But I feel like even this year, I've been I've been way better because when I got traded last year, I just felt like I just wasn't there. Like I had my moments, of course. Not like I can't. Like I had my moments, but there be times where I just feel like I'm being too relaxed, like being cut, like being cut, like back screen. I mean, like back cut layups. Like when I felt that it was happening to me in Brooklyn, I was like, oh hell no, Kelly, you got like 
you gotta wake the hell up. You gotta like, step it up. You know what I'm saying? Like guys, I can't <laughs> defend. Like I trust me, I use when I was a fiend, I get the worst the worst defenders on me. You know, yeah. or, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I'll get the superstar guys that just dudes don't care about, and they're just like off ball because they're ready about offense. And I'll sneak my cuts in and get because I'm like, oh, you're not gonna play no D. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't gonna, I ain't, I'm not getting the best defender. I'll get the weakest defender. I'm gonna get my easy buckets. Mm -hmm. So I can't personally say right now, but I mean. I like I like I think that's me just being real, but I I, I wouldn't I still wouldn't put no, pick nobody over myself, but I can't say I could give myself that stamp right now. You know what I think is really interesting and really great is you're very honest with yourself. Like I I can hear it even when you are answering your questions. You're really being thoughtful about yeah. what you think about whether it's you or other players. And I think that a lot of NBA players actually aren't like that. They they don't always know how to hold a mirror up to themselves and say you know, maybe last year I wasn't, or mm -hmm. I have gone down in this specific thing, but I am working on it. Yeah. Where does that come from? Because I don't know if you know how rare that is that yeah. people talk about themselves in that way. Yeah, I think it's just a, I think it's it. I think it's it. It's an ego issue sometimes. And I, we all, every human, we all have egos, you know, mm -hmm. to a certain degree, but, you know, you kind of get platformed and make a lot of money and you're in this, in this crazy league where you just spotlighted so much. So you just, you know, you just, the ego kind of takes over and that's just how it is sometimes. And sometimes it's not good for guys that maybe get out of the league faster than they should or don't make it because sometimes because the egos are too big. But uh, I don't know. I think just, I think maybe how I'm raised, honestly. I get a lot of credit to my mom, my parents. Like my mom really just... Raise honest kid and think me just maturing as well. I think I just like I won't I won't lie about it, but I don't know. I think I I have I have my own ego for sure. Like yeah. you wouldn't be able to be what you want to be if you didn't have that ego in you. But mm -hmm. I think I'm just I'm a realist at the end of the day. So I'm like I'm just I'm just I'm just real. You know, it's yeah. like I don't know. I feel like it's it's funny because if you see this whole thing with the. <laughs> but like the sport betting and guys like I think Malik Monk and like both him and Herder like my boys and like they too like I don't care about your parlays and stuff like that like <laughs> the thing about me is they're mad the thing is like yeah there's times where like oh for sure you play bad and you I go on my phone and I'm like just on the internet and stuff like Instagram whatever oh comments people are people are so funny because they're mad ruthless like you're the worst like da 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 they're so funny but the real ones are really just like be really frustrated because like this and that. Like I feel them. Like I'm a realist. Like I feel them. Like yeah. Like I mess chick up. Like like I want to hoop too. Don't you? Like if I'm struggling, like I don't want to struggle. Like mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. So I understand. I just I'm like I don't know. I'm like I'm I'm honest, real. I'm like in like a people's person. I really I understand yeah. kind of a lot. So have you always been that way though? Like has. Has there ever been a time in your professional career where your ego actually negatively affected you? Um, yeah, low key. I think the start of my the start of my second the start of my second year, first year with mine as a coach, and I think it was because my first year, then I was there, and like, I was defending. I was like, I think I was top five in steals. And I played all every game. I started like 
30, 40 games. So coming in to the next year, new coach stuff, I'm just like, all right, like, I know, like, I, I like, I know I'm a, like, I know I'm the starter. Like, I know I'm one of the starters. Like, it's just shouldn't, whatever. And I just kind of just had that, like, that weird entitlement where, like, I know I had to work. It's not like I'm not going to work for it, but it was more like my mind was already like, oh, yeah, I'm starting. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I didn't start, like, until that, until that Dallas game I told you about. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of the season, I was barely playing. And... And that was like a shock to me. I'm like, I'm not even playing. My agents were upset. And ended up talking to Monty. And um he kind of sat me down. It was like probably third, it's like probably third or fourth game of the season. So it was early. Yeah. But you gotta think about it, I'm coming into the year thinking like with that ego, like, oh, I'm playing, like I should be playing like 25, like 30 minutes. Like, you know, I'm thinking this big second year, mm -hmm. you know. And he kind of sat down with me, it kind of was really real with me and showing my stats and Everything it was just like you know, you know most guys, most coaches won't play second year guys, going off the stats of like the year so far and stuff like mm. that. And he's being real, you know. Yeah. I think that was the biggest thing that one of the biggest thing that helped me in my career because he told me that, and also like telling me he's just like I don't think you work hard enough. And a guy that works, I was kind of confused, but you know it's funny because it's kind of me like not overthinking, but like kind of having this mindset like. Like I'm, I strategize everything, and me with my ego thinking like, oh, I'm playing right away. You know, there's this thing after practice where guys that don't play, mm -hmm. you guys play five on five after. And me thinking like, oh, like I'm playing this year, like I'm playing big minutes. There's no reason like, why would I play? These are guys that don't really play that much because they can stay in shape. Like, well, I'm not like. I'm not burning myself out because I'm playing 30 minutes a game. You know, like, why would I do this? Like, I have the game tomorrow. I'm, I'm him. I have a game yeah. tomorrow. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And he brought up in the meetings, like, you know, like, you don't play. It's like, get ready. It's like, you don't play and get ready. It's that. And I'm like staring at him. And I'm like, in my head, I'm just like, it's kind of, it's, it's low-key funny because I'm like smart too. I'm not going to bash at him. Like, back and forth. Like, what? Like, no. In my mind, I was just like, cause I'm like, I, I'm like, I know I can work pretty hard. Like, him saying that's kind of like a. Like I felt like what, and you say you don't play, you don't play. Get ready, like this and that. And my whole mindset, I'm like, see, in my head, I thought I was playing. So like, why would I play and get ready if I know I'm gonna play 25, 30 minutes a game? So I kind of like looked at him. He told me that. I was like, okay, yeah, I got like, I'm like it's not like I don't want to play and get ready. It's not like I don't want to play. It's just like I didn't know. But that little ego part right there, where I just like thought I was gonna just play right away with new coach coming in. Besides like earning that spot, kind of. That was like one thing right there and it helped me format right now. I love that so much. And I'm sure probably in some ways did change your work ethic, which you already thought was for, good. For sure. Yeah. Which stayed with you. I really I really like that story. And what's really striking to me actually is um just as I was, you know, reading a bunch of stuff about you, in this story you talk about how you felt away and you talked to Mani about it. Yeah. You are a really good communicator. When I was listening to the podcast that you did with um, Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner. Yeah. You tell this story about, you know, this moment that you have with DeAndre and, and how you felt so bad about it because mm -hmm. he was one of your best friends. Again, people don't normally recognize these moments about themselves. Yeah. And I'm sure that for you, you realize that just having a simple communication with DeAndre after that is a difference between you all's relationship being weird yeah, and it being completely back to normal. Yeah. So just what has the NBA taught you about communication? Because a lot of guys don't know that it's just a simple, 
my bad. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just taking accountability. I think mm-hmm. we kind of lose that sometimes. Just, I don't know, like, like we're like we're we're pretty pampered, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we get whatever we want, kind of, and like obviously we're like we're in the, I think personally the best league in the world and making all these millions and a lot of people don't say no to you, you know, like with just like just because you're an NBA player and even sometimes with coaches, like coaches and like it's like I don't know, you're just around. They don't want to hurt your feelings and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I think and I get it sometimes with coaches because they're may be afraid of losing their job. So if you say something crazy to them, you might get back to them. So I don't know. This shit's yeah. crazy. It is. But it's, yeah, there's so much going on. Yeah. But um, yeah, just being accountable. Yeah. That's what I really think it is. And, you know, same thing with the DA thing. Just, and it's funny because I didn't think it was, you know, that big of like, like you said, like being that so, be so accountable about that. Like, you know, like you're really like, oh, that's so great of you. I was just so like, upset that I did that to him, you know, cause that's my, that's my dog. And like, I felt like I embarrassed him, you know, and I didn't mean to, I was just mad in the moment. And I was just, I could have just said that to him after the game or in a huddle or something besides like making it seem like I'm trying to call him out. Cause I know there's guys that will call people out. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be like, look like I'm that type of guy. Like that's my boy. Why would I ever do that? Right. And it's funny cause one of my coaches came up to me the next day that really doesn't really like talk too much, whatever. And he just came up to me. It was very like, that was like, you don't understand, like, that was really, like, just amazing what you did, like, in front of the whole group and stuff. I'm just like, I wasn't even thinking of that, man. I just want to apologize my boy. I was over there getting <laughs> emotional about it. I wasn't even thinking, like, oh, yeah. if I say this in front of the group, like, it's going to make, no, like, I just want to apologize to my to my brother and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I think, I think, I think this, I'm blessed and raised right because it's so natural. I don't I have to, I'm not trying to, like win nobody's heart over because I'm trying to be like, oh, this good guy, like trying to have this persona. Yeah. Things just who I am. Yeah. No, I mean, I I have been doing this a while. And I mean, I'm sure as you, you know, you'd be surprised the amount of just like little beefs that exist because somebody didn't just do what you did. Yeah. And so it really is a, it is a great attribute. And I, and I think that's really, really admirable that you are that way. One thing, obviously, people that are Nets fans talk a lot about is just your leadership. You know, yeah. the guys really like being around you. You're fun. You're lively. What have you learned about leadership in Brooklyn? Um, yeah, I think just trying to be the person I am. And I always just, I feel like if you're close off the court, it's easier on the court. So if you get on somebody, it's not like you feel like you're taking a shot at them because it's like, no, like. I'm so close to you. Why would I feel like I'm, why would I take a shot at you? I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to win. And obviously there's something to grow at. Cause even at times I get frustrated and I'm so, I'm, I grew up only child, grew up only child, stubborn, spoiled. So it's like a lot of times like where, especially growing up, like if I'm mad, I don't talk. Like I just, <laughs> I'm like, I just sit there and I'm mad. And that's like a thing where I just, it's tough. Cause that's how I would grow up. But I'm slowly getting out of it. And, um, but that's like one thing is Leo where I got to improve on is just being so frustrated sometimes because I care so much and sometimes I deviate to just, you know, mm-hmm. and then being so spoiled and stubborn growing up, it's like sometimes hard to get me out, you know, like coaches or players or somebody trying to like, you know, like, come on. It's like, I hit a point where I'm like, I'm mad. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's I'm not going to say anything. Exactly. Yeah. And like like a spoiled brat. Like yeah. I grew up a spoiled brat. Like, so <laughs> thanks, mom. But uh, 
that's just that's one thing get better at. But yeah, just turn leadership, just knowing that it's like never about it's never about me. You know, even it's even if it's like me wanting the ball and a play happening, like I'm not just wanting the ball to score, like just go score and like, oh, I want to score my points. Like, no, like if I want if I'm getting frustrated and not having the ball, it's maybe because maybe we're not scoring. Mm -hmm. I know and I have confidence in myself and I know like I can make the right read. I can make the right play. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get frustrated on that end. And sometimes if it feels like if it's coming off like, oh, like I'm selfish and I care about scoring, like, no, I'm just like I'm really passionate about winning and I know I, I think I know a pretty good amount about the game. So I feel like when I had the ball, I can make the right play, you know? So just kind of battle that a little bit and lean that way and don't let it come off as just me, like want to just jack up shots. Cause you know, yeah. the thing is, I don't think it's too much me either. I think it's sometimes just the world, you know, sometimes yeah. just the social media and stuff talking about like, oh, like even like last year, me averaging all the points, like, oh, like Kel, come here, dominate, score all these points, this and that. So, you know, people might think they see that like, oh, he's probably thinking like, oh, I'm just going to just get 30 every time and just score all the time. Like, yeah, like I want to score, but like I'm scoring because I think it's the it's the right way. That's, I think yeah, like, it's, the, it's right the way to win. Time. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I'll I'll make it. I'll make the open read. Like I'm not a selfish dude. Like like when I get in a situation where I'm mad, I want the ball. Like I'm here because I know I have a high percentage of making the right play. Also, and, too, when somebody normally when someone is coming out of a situation where they were like a role player you ha you still have that mentality of getting everyone involved yeah because you know what it was like being that guy yeah when, yeah, yeah, yeah. when, when people got you involved um, and so I'm sure like in these little ways that is also baked into how you play you're yeah. always going to want to try to get the guys involved and I mean people really do speak so glowingly about you yeah. so I, I hope that you do know that and you hold that close too yeah. if you had to put like a number to it how many handshakes do you have <laughs> In a, like in a world in in the NBA in, in the NBA. NBA, so but then now also in the world because I'm curious, <laughs> <laughs> just walking around, people have hands. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a lot. I got a lot. <laughs> I still got. I'm trying to think. I pretty much got all my teammates. Me, who is I just made me and Harry Giles just got one when we was in Miami. Just made one up. Cause I always want to make a handshake up that means something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be sometimes random. Like some might be random, but it's always like I want to have a like a moment. That's why it's easy in college. Yeah. Because a lot of handshakes would be like inside jokes, you know? And me, HG got one. It's kind of like me, like, because he love he always gets a haircut. You know, I got a cut. So we was in Miami. We both got a we both got a haircut. And the barber pulled to my room. So I already know HG is big. He, bro, he stays with her cut like every week. I swear to God. I'm like, yo, bro, how do you get a cut every <laughs> seven days? It's crazy. And so I was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to build that in our handshake. And I kind of thought about it like the next day after we got the cut. And it's like me, like we do a handshake. That's me like lining them up. And I like pass them like the mirror. And he like looks at it. And then we like jump. So it's like things that kind of mean something. I love it. Yeah. Okay. I do want to hear the number, but you saying that I want to ask, which of your handshakes has the best origin story. Um, that you can tell us. Yeah, no, I'm trying. <laughs> that's what I'm trying. Is, is this with my team with the with the Nets any, or just in any that you've ever had in the NBA? Um, 
I'll probably I'll have to I'll have to I'll probably have to go somewhere in Phoenix. Let me think about somebody in Phoenix because we okay. just because so many years with people. Um see, cause see pain. Yeah, I can say let me think let me see pain, bro. We change our handshake like <laughs> now it's like simple when we see each other, but when we do like our pregame stuff, it'd be ridiculous. Um Man, there's so many. I think one of my I think one of my my funniest ones mm-hmm. might be with Ish Wainwright. Okay, what is it? Is like we were like <laughs> like that up, and then it would turn to like getting like a handoff in football. And it's like ever since Ish been here, like you know how he's built. You see how big that dude yeah. is. So it's always like every time I see him, like look, like he got shoulder. CP always say look, like he got shoulder pads on. It's like the funniest thing ever. <laughs> so he literally, and he played in the NFL. Like he was in training camp, and everything. Yeah. So I always say he looked like a football player. So I'll say that's one of my favorite ones because, like, every time I see Ish, even if I tweet something about him, it's always about him being just strong as hell, just a big hockey <laughs> ass. So that having that handshake where we, like, and we say, like, we always say, like, set hut, like, you know what I'm saying? And we just, like, act like we're, like, getting a handoff. So Ish is probably one of my funniest ones just because it just. I like that. Yeah, I love that's So then dog. how many? What was your number? Teammates, pretty much Arabelle on the team. And, and then those have multiple, like you have multiple handshakes with guys that you have. And I, I don't, I don't know the memorization skills that goes into this because so many guys have so many handshakes and I'm just like, where is it stored? Yeah. Cause I got, I got, see, and I got some randomly from like, from like, uh, other teams, like, like, like me and RJ got one, which is actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a funny, that's a, that's a funny story. Just. See him in New York and just have what, a Yeah, story. I love it. You so you see your opponent and you just do your handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Before the game, like I'm like it'd be like it'd be like layup lines. Yeah. And I'll see him and we do like the uh it's like um like the like big glow, like glow really wants you to do like the the step, like the couple steps. <laughs> so, like, so I'll see him. I think we just I think it was like in the it was just it was a night and you know, just I saw him out and we were just having fun and that song came on. We ended up just doing it. And I'm like, you know, we're gonna end that shit to handshake. Like, so every time I see you, this is baked into our handshake. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you also, of course, have one of the best celebrations. Yeah. Are you like, yeah, it's I love it's, my I love my silly. And yeah. it's crazy because now like I've been I've been missing it. I've been missing it, but I'm, I'm getting it back. I feel good now. Yeah. I, you didn't miss against the Sixers. Yeah, and I'm saying, and I had mm-hmm. one foot out of bounds, but it should have been another one. But uh, yeah, because now I could kind of do it a little bit more funny besides like using my hand all the way out and stuff. Now I could sometimes just do it like goofier. So like I'll kind of like tuck it. Like I'll kind of like tuck it and like and just like do a little like with a stupid ass face on my yeah. like, stupid look on my face. So <laughs> that's what's funny because I could kind of evolve it a little bit. Yeah. And then when I got that tech in, um, in, in, the, in the World Cup against Italy, I got a tech for doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my goofy, my goofy ass. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get tech next time. So I remember I hit another three, and like, I was about to do it, uh-huh. and I'm like, you know what, fuck it. So I like, look down at the ground and start doing my celebration on <laughs> the ground. I'm like, all right, like I'm not, it's not my, I'm not taunting nobody. I'm just yeah, taunting the ground. the ground. So I start looking down, and some of my teammates <laughs> like Tyrese Alburn, hilarious because he peeps all the little celebrations I do. Yeah, he's so funny. So he peeps everything. 
And you can see how he plays, how fun he plays. So like yeah. he sees all that little stuff. And I remember he brought that up like, like you're just so dumb. Because like, I'm like, what? I'm like, like I saw you. You know that. what I'm saying? Yeah. I just like, dude, like, you know. Well, uh, something that I I always try to do on shows if it makes sense is I have messages from people. And I actually have a message for you. Uh-oh. Appreciate you taking our celebration out there to the court. Yeah, man. Showing some love to San Diego. You know, we got a huge fan base out there. Um, we got a lot of people who support you now um, for, uh, you know, doing that special thing out there that we do as a celebration as a team, taking out on the court while you make threes, while you ball out, and, uh, you know, make the game exciting. That's what it's all about. So uh, appreciate the love. San Diego fans, love you. We got mad support for you as well. And, uh, you know, wish you nothing but the best. Keep balling out this year. Stay healthy and uh, ball out. So uh, I know I can't make a three. I can hit a homer. God, yeah. But I wish I could hit a homer. You know what it is. <laughs> that's all. You got to do it back to <laughs> him. Facts, man. Facts. Yeah, that's it's crazy. I'm the I'm the biggest, like, Phillies fan. So, like, it's actually funny that, like, I got a celebration from, like, a team that's in the NL and, like, we played in yeah. the playoffs a couple years ago. So... But yeah, that's a big Manny fan. Even in my little, uh, I play a little MLB the show. I did a little like a uh, little franchise league. Mm-hmm. And he was like my first pick. I'm like I fuck with Manny. You oh, know? I that's, love that. Yeah, I'm like, so I got him. He was up there. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like for the culture. I'm like for the culture. That's how I draft guys. I'm like for the culture. So we also love like the the baseball NBA crossover. Like right? I I like that because I'm sure there is you know not everyone watches baseball, so I'm sure there's yeah. some Nets fans that see your celebration, know where you got it from, and mm-hmm. are now probably like tuned in a little yeah. bit. So shout out to Manny for doing that. Also shout out to Dexter uh, for helping me get that video. I I was really happy when it came through. Um, before we wrap. One of the big things that we are doing this season is making sure that we shine a light on people that have helped you get to where you are. Mm-hmm. So tell me who has given you the biggest assist off the court. Can I can I say can I say somebody just outside my mom? Because I can say my mom every sure. single time about every interview because <laughs> I love her. So shout out to mom. Obviously, you're always number one. So let me give somebody else some love. Um Honestly, like what I was talking about earlier, I think Coach Monty, like Coach Monty Williams, like mm-hmm. just I think just him being in my life helped me grow just as a human. Obviously as a basketball court, but just as a human, you know, and um that's what just I appreciate him so much, even with life. And I think it's just bigger than basketball with him and always like it kind of weird to forget that he's like another coach and like especially in the East Easter Conference. But like just always checking in on him, seeing how he's doing. Um, he just helped me grow so much. And, you know, it was it was a little rocky in the beginning, like I was talking about. But I think towards the end, like our relationship got so close and he start, like he started to realize like my humor a little bit. So now he like he was like he would like he would throw some jokes on me in front, and it's funny in front of the whole group, like when we was in Phoenix, like he would just <laughs> say some sly stuff about me. I'm like, that was funny though. You know, I'm like, all right, okay, I see you with the jokes. So I'll say Monty, just um just him. I think the biggest thing I take with me every day is like even in my like little IG bios, just like never lose faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's just something that I just have with me when I play and everything about life. Just like don't lose that faith. Like just 
always kind of be happy, you know, even if stuff gets tough, which is tough, you know, everybody mm -hmm. like times get tough, you get, you know, be down, be upset, and which is normal to be upset and mad. Like I'm not saying I'm never mad and upset, but just like just to never lose my faith, especially in a sport you play, you know, you just you kind of get caught up and like wanted to be the best at something or be better every single day. And then, you know, sometimes like you think you prepare so well and then you struggle, then it's like, you know, it hurts because you like you, sh you, you prepare so much for a game and you're so excited. Then you walk off the court shooting like f freaking four for 16. Now you're like, I, pr I swear I felt like I was so confident coming in. I was just, everything was feeling good. Yeah. So just never losing my faith. On situations like that, just always keeping keeping a love for the game and love is just in life and everything. So I'll say Monty Williams. That is such a special answer because there is a real true power in a good coach. Yeah. You know, and, and somebody who has really impacted your life in that way. What is it about who Monty is that resonates with you so much? Just how he is as a it's like a like a person, you know, it's just it's like beyond just coaching and I already have, a, I already have a father in my life. And, but it's just like, just how Monty gives off. Like he just, you feel like he, you're one of his kids, you know, like he just feel like he adopts you. And like I said, it's like, even like with Steph, like, you know, like you, you, you miss, you miss him on assignment and you know, he better get a wide open catch shoot and you mess up and he makes it. You just kind of just look at the bench and he's just like staring at you like like, like a mad like you know like I was <laughs> like, just like, up, a dad. Yeah, like a, <laughs> so it's just like, like I'm so disappointed in you exactly like you know better <laughs> so <laughs> so stuff like that he's just like it's just such a great dude and I think it's always there's times where like you're struggling in basketball and like because we're we're competitors and this is our job so you're going to get really frustrated when you're not playing well. Mm -hmm. And he kind of lets that off your shoulders a little bit and just like about being grateful and, you know, it's bigger than basketball. So kind of like, even when you do struggle and, you know, you still should be, you know, upset because like, you care so much, it's, a, it's an okay thing, but don't let it ever like take over where it's just ruin your day every day. Mm -hmm. And so I think kind of like when I'm struggling, especially when I was in Phoenix, when I was struggling games and, He'll come talk to me and, you know, when you're coached, because, you know, you feel like you're letting your team down, even more just like yourself. Like, I'm a big team guy. So, like, if I'm struggling, I'm mad at myself because I'm not helping my team out. Like, I know, like, I'm playing bad. So, like, if we lose, it's, I put, like, a, blame, a lot of blame on myself. And it's like, I let my coaches down. Mm -hmm. I let the fans down. I let my teammates down. Like, stuff like that. And for me to be, so I'll be down on myself. Like, damn, like. I don't want to look at guys sometimes. I'm like, if I, I'm like, like, you know, like my fault. And I'll come in the next day or something. And Monty's like, the, just like happy. And I'm like, you know, I'm nervous coming next day. Like, <laughs> right. damn, like I played bad. Like, you know, like people going to be mad at me or something. That's how my mind just thinks. And he's just like, you know, just happy. He's just mm -hmm. like, you know, and it kind of makes me relax. Like, Kel, calm down. Like, you're also thinking like people going to be mad at you or frustrated when you walk in and everybody's just like, Shit happens. Like you had a bad game, you had a bad game. Like we move. We move. Yeah. So like him giving that confidence to me where I walk in, I'm like, you know what? Like I could just breathe a little bit. Like it's okay to struggle. You know, everybody struggle and just like I said, it's just like it's bigger than basketball sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um so I yeah, I always appreciate him. 
That's beautiful. Uh, two more for you before we get out of here. But you have such a strong sense of self. And even as you talk about this, you know, the never lose faith and the, you know, the things that you were telling yourself as you, as you move through life, there was a, um, a quote when you were asked about this role mm -hmm. in Brooklyn and adapting to it. And you said how I'm raised and where I came from with the things I've been through, I feel like I'm ready for the moment and always have been. What are you referring to at what, part of your life, you know, and what you've been through personally, most attributed to you being ready yeah. for these kind of pressure moments. Yeah. I just, I just think just, I don't know. I think it all started, I think it just all started when my mom moved me, we lived in Philly and she moved me out to the suburbs and going to a whole new school, whole new, like, like I grew up in the inner city. So there wasn't like, it's just, it wasn't, I grew up around like, just all like black people, you know what I'm saying? And going to the suburbs and being around a lot of white people, you like, you just don't, you don't know, you know, you might see movies and stuff, but like it was new for me. And yeah, I felt it. I still remember the day, first day walking in, like it's yesterday, first day walking in second grade elementary, walking to the new school and my mom was walking me in and we're walking in there. I could see kids looking at me like, you know, and it's the same for them. They're like, I could tell you, I, no more than 20 black kids in that school. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, I could just feel like the walk and everybody's just kind of looking at me. Is Obviously it's part like, he's a new kid, but it's also a point like, you know, like another black kid, like you're just a black kid in school. And I kind of like felt that, you know, I felt like that. And I think just that from that moment on, my mom always just telling me at that moment, just, she told, told me about like, if anything happens and to be the bigger person and stuff like that, if it ever comes to like racism and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So like little things like that, I think it's just, and it's me and my mom. So she's not there with me. She's at work and I'm at school. So just like having to be that on my own a little bit in that situation, obviously I'm like, I don't know harm, but like yeah. just as a kid, you don't know. I'm just, just trying to make friends and, you know, just in case something does like that, always being prepared and knowing like to never like, like, make it worse on myself by like fighting or something. There was one fight I got in middle school, but that was, that was just, <laughs> that was different. Other than that, like I just always know how to respond with it. Yeah. And I don't know, I think just a lot of adversity, just going through like just red shirting and just, just each year, like I say, just improving. Like I just, I prove every year and whatever I'm asked to do, like I'll be ready for it. And it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm never sad, never struggled in a situation, but like, I'd rather have that and then something less, you know, I'd rather have a, a role where like, you know, like even like when I was young, like I'd rather have that, like, okay, like you're in this school, you're new, like, like I'd rather have that feeling of like, okay, like I know I'm nervous and scared, but like I'm ready, you know, I can handle it type stuff. So yeah. I think just that's where it starts from. And um, I think just throughout my whole life with that. And like I said, just growing every year and mm -hmm. especially basketball, just, you know, I'm ready to take the heat, ready to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if there's games I play bad and, you know, I, even now, like, I just, I feel it with the Nets fans as they should. Like, I'm not playing where I want to play, but it's just trying to figure out the system we're in and offensively, defensively trying to find my groove and find what I can do. And I feel the Nets fans on me a little bit. I feel it. And, but like, <laughs> some, some can be dumb. Like, some can be dumb, but a lot of them are just, they care so much and they, they care about winning as much as I do. So they they'll get on me, but like, 
for reasons like like, like I'm a reasonable guy I understand and mm-hmm. yeah like I'll I'll rather have that like yes yeah, kind of be like Kel pick your shit up and I've been feeling good and just continue to get better every day and yeah. and just continue to grow. Good. Your mom did such a good job of preparing you for like yeah, she did. She every really situation. Did. I listened to a podcast that she did um, and she was talking about how she had you at 19 and how she always wanted to make sure you understood you were prepared for mm-hmm. everything. So all this end with you being able to talk about your mom. Tell me what your mom's love feels like in your life. No, great. She's just, she's just one of a kind, you know what I'm saying? Just seeing where she worked from like having me at a young age and working at like Boston Market to end up going to like Vanguard and then Merrill Lynch and then working for the Sixers and being VP of HR and where her job's at now. Like she just keeps, it's like, I wonder where I get it from. I wonder from like, I keep growing and getting better and keep going like this. It's the person that that raised me. Like she's, just been just don't going up, going up. And I think that's where I got her from. And she's just she's just great. I don't know. Like it's just so I don't like that's what I feel. Like somebody's I'm like, she's great. Like just <laughs> however I am, how I am this day, like mm-hmm. she like she made me this and I get on her a little bit because I tell her like, why'd you how why'd you make me so spoiled? Like why did I because I did get everything I wanted, you know? <laughs> but then I also look at her laugh because as I get older, I'm just like I can understand like having a kid, only child, like you want to keep them happy at all times. Cause you know, I'm thinking like when I get older, I have kids. I'm like, if I give me a daughter. <laughs> You're like, it's over. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, God damn. So I understand. So, but she still was like tough on me, but yeah, I just, just very grateful to have her in my life. And just, you know, as I get older, I become more like her where I just, I don't play like out. Mom was always funny when I was young. Cause she'd be like, Oh, you're just too nice to people. Cause sometimes my friends might have money and like, I'll end up getting something for them other than myself. And mom's just like, listen, like, I get it. You're being nice. Yeah. But like, you got to look at yourself first and then, and I'm just like, I got you. But like, whatever. <laughs> but now as I get older, I'm like, I feel more like her because I'll tell her if I do some like, you know, she, she's human resource. So you got fired people and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, you know, I'd be, I'd do some like tough nose shit and I'd be, I feel like big dog. I'll call her like, guess what I did today? She's like, oh, she like, she makes you like, oh, yeah, there we go. Guess they did today. She's like, yeah, there you go. Now you look like Tania's son, like that. I'm like, yeah, I feel fierce like you, goddamn. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Well, shout out to moms. She nice. did a great job. You were a pleasure. Thank you for your insight, your words, Thank all you. the things. I really appreciate you coming on, and we'll be watching you out there. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you.